Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Turn on the Jets Live. I'm your host, Steven Zantz. Russo still in that recovery phase. We wish him all the best, but he'll be back on the feed soon. I'm joined by Jake Brown of the New York Post, host of uh, Gangs All Here with Brian Costello, also has a Mets podcast. Jake, how's it going, man? Aaron Rodgers is soon to be on the way. So we think. We just never know with him. But I, when Kaz said there's even a 1% chance, and you know, Kaz can be negative sometimes about the Jets, but he even said there's a 1% chance, that made me believe, all right, if he believes it's happening – it should. So exciting times for sure. I'm uh, I'm pumped to see a potential Hall of Famer. I'm just waiting to see if this damn deal gets done. It's getting ridiculous at this point. Yeah, we're not going to go into uh, leverage or passe at this point, but um, I'm curious right now just to kick it off here. What do you think the actual composition is going to end up being for this Rogers trade whenever it does happen? Yeah, I think it's probably going to be two picks and maybe a player. If that's Denzel Mims, I don't think it's going to be, you know, a Jordan Whitehead or a sauce or a DJ. It's going to be like a, a lower end player, maybe a Mims. And then my guess would be a conditional pick where if the Jets win the Super Bowl, it becomes a first. But I think it's going to be something like a, a first and a third or a second and third. But that's just my gut. Two picks and a player, I would think, gets it done. Yeah, no, I'm I'm feeling similarly. I also think Corey Davis is actually more likely because let's be honest, Denzel Mims has never scored an NFL touchdown. So why would Green Bay want him? I get it. It's like youth and upside, You're not paying him anything, whereas Corey Davis is basically getting the same money that Lazard is if he's not cut. But I, I just don't see how anyone really believes. And I know it's been like Packers, bloggers, and beat, even though there's been some push, there's been uh, some backpedaling with it. But they're not getting a first-round pick unless it's conditional. It would have to be in the future. It's not going to be this 13th overall pick. I would be absolutely floored if they gave it up because I feel like that's what's holding this up because they're asking for it. And Joe Douglas is like, no, nah, I'll, I'll see you later. Well, at this rate, it doesn't seem like it's going to get done before the draft. So that would mean it has to be next year anyway. I mean, this this might go out until the summer, which is like we assume it's done. But, God, how bad would it be if it doesn't get done, Rodgers retires or goes back to the Packers, and we're left with Zach Wilson and like Gardner Minshew. Like it would just be absolute worst case scenario. But uh, yeah, I think the picks will be next year. I don't, th- I feel like this year's draft won't be involved. And that helps the Jets because, you know, if Rogers, the quarterback, you're hoping you're picking like 28th next year. Agreed. But the thing is, we can't even get your boy Gardner Minshew because he just signed with the Colts is to be their bridge quarterback. He ain't my boy. I'm just listing random backups, Jacoby Brissett, <laughs> whoever else is out there. I don't want any of them. No, I listen, that was always my fear that like if we struck out on Rodgers, meaning he didn't want to come here, which he has made it clear he does want to come here. And if that if car wasn't available, which obviously that domino fell before Rodgers made a decision, where do we go? Like Carson Wentz was like my biggest fear, and it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. But he's like the best name available, and that's sca- that shows you how slim pickings it is right now. That Because I was looking into who's available. I was like, all right, Matt Ryan, who might not even play. And then, uh, you know, it was Wentz and then it was like Brissett and then it just got worse and worse from there. Like Baker was one of the top guys left and he's gone now. So it really is Carson Wentz and then backups and Carson Wentz is a backup. (laughs) 
I mean, to me, he should be out of the league because it seems like he's terrible with locker rooms. But let's not talk about you know, Carson Wentz any more than we need to here. So I know that, you know, when this gets done has been the big topic of conversation. But as someone, you know, who has been following this team your entire life, loves this team, does a podcast about this team. What are you most excited about to have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback? Because it's so exciting and people are like understating this right now, even though he is 39. It's incredible. I mean, we've had such inept quarterback play for so long that, you know, we love Mark Sanchez and he's pretty much sucked. And he took the Jets to back to back AFC championships, likable guy, but threw a lot of picks, made some big plays, but he wasn't very good. And they won with him. So like you start to think about, wow, what if we had a guy that's won four NFL MVPs, won a Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl MVP, won back-to-back MVPs before his worst year of his career last year. So he did that with the Jets' current offensive coordinator. You start like putting all the pieces together and you're thinking like his worst season was one of the best of all time in Jets history. (laughs) Like when you break down the stats, it's in the top five of top Jets quarterbacks, 26 touchdowns. Last year was his total worst of his career. And that's, I think, fourth or fifth in Jets history, like 50 years of just ineptitude and futility. And I still think he could run with the ball. I like that he, you know, he pretty much knows how to slide, which I feel like is an underrated thing amongst quarterbacks. When you see guys like Daniel Jones, who falls all over the place, falls on his knee, like just awkward slides. We finally have a guy that can slide. You know, I love, I don't know if the Jets have ever had a quarterback that can read a defense like he can when he sees 12 guys in the field, quickly hurries up, gets to the line, free play. Al Lazard touchdown, no, free five-yard penalty. Like, that's not, you don't see that amongst any quarterbacks nowadays. So I'm excited to see that, like, mini factor about him. And, uh, you know, the the storyline is, like, the revenge, and he's seeking revenge. I I don't know. I'm not going to read too much into that. 40 to 50 million dollars talks a lot more to him when he came out of that darkness and realized, you know, I I could play football and make 50 million and do it in New York City. I mean, the marketing opportunities are going to be endless for him. I'm praying he does a weekly spot on gangs all here. It's not going to happen, but uh, it it would be a dream. But I know for cause too, like the storylines that come with it, you know, that's going to be the thing. Can he avoid the distractions of New York? He's dated a lot of famous you know, celebrity ladies, good looking women. And, you know, if he's out at marquee with, you know, whoever, I don't, I can't even think of anyone right now. Uh, trying to think of a single, I can't even think Pamela Anderson. Let's just say <laughs> he's going to be on the front page of the New York post. I don't know why that came to my mind. Maybe the, her Netflix or Hulu special. If he's out there, you don't want those distractions to take over. So that's my, my, a little bit of my worry. The age thing I'm not too scared about because like I said, he won back-to-back MVPs at 37, 38 years old. Um, so that doesn't scare me too much. I think the skill is still there. And then just the injuries. We'll we'll talk about it soon, who they should get, but build up the offensive line, protect him because he played, he had his worst year because he played with a broken thumb. You want to be able to protect him because you don't want him playing banged up. And then you got to go to Zach Wilson and the season's over. Yeah, that that's, you know, worst case scenario. I mean, Listen, I, I get what you're saying about potentially worry about him, you know, doing too much off the field. But, you know, the guy's been in the NFL for almost 20 years. He, I know he played in Green Bay, it's small market, but he's definitely one of the most popular figures in the NFL the last 15, 20 years, basically since he became the starter for the Packers. He's done plenty of commercials. He's been in all those uh, State Farm commercials. You know, he's been doing this Pat McAfee spot for the last like two, three years or whatever it may be. So I'm not worried about that. You know, he's mature. I I, I think he's just 
he's a little bit arrogant, I guess. And he, you know, I think he's a little bit, you know, of a know-it-all, but he's, he's a smart guy. Listen, his football IQ is off the charts. Like you said, with all those hard counts and getting people off sides, like the first time we see that work in our favor, because none of our quarterbacks knew, ever knew how to do that. It's be electric or he's so pumped. He also always had those free plays that usually led to touchdowns. It's just like, I, he's been, it's funny. He's been my favorite non-jet basically since he came onto the scene in like 2010, when he won, went on that run to win a Super Bowl. I know people don't like how he's been super outspoken about things, but listen, he's a person. He could say whatever he wants, but as long as he's focused, locked in, in terms of football, who cares? Do whatever you want. And that's all that matters when it comes to Sunday. I got excited when you said the State Farm thing, because I'm thinking this is my Jake from State Farm opportunity to team up with Aaron Rodgers in a Jets <laughs> uniform. Let me go to one Jets drive. Let me go to Florham Park. Let me get my khakis on, get my red polo, and team up with A-Rod. Just count, double check it. Uh, my time has finally come, but yeah, we'll see. I, he's going to be in the headlines no matter what happens. We know that. Um, but just you know, avoid the clubs, avoid uh, avoid the shrooms, the hallucinogenics that might be available now in New York City. You know, there's like a there's a, you know a weed shop on every corner here in New York these days. You go to the bodega and and you could get mushrooms. So uh, we'll we'll see what he's doing. But I'm excited. Listen, they uh, they have had such terrible quarterback. Think about just even the long balls and deep balls. Like mm-hmm. Chad Pennington is like my favorite quarterback, and he couldn't. I mean, he I could throw further. Than, like he was throwing 20 yards. So we have a, a guy that can throw 50, 60 yards and have a, a legit play action on offense with a coordinator that knows him like the back of his hand that he raves about and a receiver that they got that he raves about that he played with. So everything is in place here. Let's get it done. And then there's still more pieces. You know, they still need, you know, another receiver. They still need the offensive line. Um, I mean, I could live without Mercedes Lewis. I think we have two tight ends um, who both recommended Labertin to me, the restaurant in New York city, which has become like my favorite restaurant, French food. Very good. (laughs) Uh, so shout out to CJ and Tyler for telling me about that. But uh, you got Ruckert, who, you know, the Long Islander who didn't do much last year, but maybe he has a breakout party uh, this year. So I think he's got a lot around him and a healthy Brees Hall that it could be something special with Garrett Wilson, too. Yeah, I mean, just the idea of seeing him throw balls to Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson had 1,100 yards with, you know, a carousel of quarterbacks. He had four different quarterbacks throwing him the ball last year, and he still had offensive rookie of the year in his resume. So like now he has somebody who could get him to 1500 yards. I don't think that that's like a stretch at all. I think that's like very realistic, assuming he could stay on the field and it's, you know, having Alan Lazard, you know, I think a little bit of an upgrade over Corey Davis, even though the skill set is very similar, both really good in the, in the run game from a blocking perspective. But I think Alan Lazard is more durable. You know, I think he's better in the red zone. He does suffer from the drops that we, you know, know to come in love with Corey, but, uh, what are your thoughts on Lazard as a whole? Because I know everyone's like, well, it's Rogers. We'll take it. But like, I'm, I'm excited as after not being super, you know, intrigued by him, but like now that we have Rogers, it's like, yeah, I want this guy here. Yeah. I mean, this guy's good. He's 27. He's younger than Corey Davis. He's going to drop less balls than Corey Davis. I mean, if Corey Davis isn't in the trade, he's getting cut. I, I don't mm-hmm. think he's getting traded because I don't think, the Packers would want his contract. So I, I just think Corey Dave's probably going to get released and they'll take whatever they got to eat there. But um, it's, it's an upgrade from him. And listen, I think he did well last year. He's only getting better. This kid is in the prime of his career right now. He's mm-hmm. only going to do better this year, especially when there's going to be doubles on Garrett Wilson. 
Um, they're going to hone in on other guys. They're going to hone in on the run game and Brees Hall. It's going to give him a lot more opportunities on the outside to make plays. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him. I know his agent, too, is a good guy. He's got a good agency. Um, so I'm looking forward to uh, having him on Gangs All here this season. And he just seems like overall good dude, good with the media. He He's swaggy. He looks cool. He's, <laughs> he dresses cool. So he, he looks like a guy that's built for New York. And, you know, Rogers in the McAfee interview raved about him. And anytime you could hear that and that kind of chemistry that those two guys are already have built in place, I think it was a no brainer. The contract isn't terrible. You know, top receivers get more than that. So, you know, as a number two, I'm a fan. And, you know, if, if you keep Elijah and you don't have to trade him away and Elijah can go in the slot where I think he belongs, Wilson, Lazard, Elijah, as your one, two, three with Conklin, Uzama is pretty elite. And I would yeah. really love, you know, Hackett to do a lot more two tight end sets. I think tight end was so underutilized by this team and didn't help that the quarterback play was inept. But with a Hall of Fame quarterback with two tight ends and three receivers and, you know, what should be a Pro Bowl running back for years to come, you start to salivate on paper. That's the thing. It's always on paper. You know, as a Mets fan, all I know is about the team on paper always looks good. So on paper, it's a it's a thing of beauty right now. It is a playboy model on paper. But now we got to see it in person. Yes. I mean, look, it's it's super fun to think about and dream about everything, but you got to see everything on the field. You know, Jets, as we've been joking on Twitter for years, are the champions of the offseason. But like, you know, this is definitely a potential, you know, franchise altering offseason with the, with the acquisition of a guy like Rodgers. Um, and the one thing to talk about with Lazard, you mentioned the contract. It's really just two years, 22 million, which to me in this day and age with the NFL, starting NFL receiver who has proven that he can, you know, give you that you know, red zone threat of someone who's like a big body that they've needed for so long. Because look, Garrett's barely 6'1". He's like six feet in change. Elijah's like 5'10", maybe on a good day. And then, you know, Mims is a big body, but he's never scored a touchdown, which has been a frustrating thing. Um, and they don't have Barrios, they don't have Jeff Smith. And you'd assume that a guy like Randall Cobb is going to warm up the bench because he's Rogers' guy, but we don't want him on the field unless there's injuries. But yeah, it's it's super fun. And even like you said with the tight ends, they do need to do a little more 12 personnel. I think a guy like Uzama, who was used mostly as a blocker in 2022 and then started to come on later in the season as a receiver, I feel like him and Rodgers could develop a nice rapport. Same thing with Conklin. I just want Conklin to not look like he's stuck in quicksand every time he catches the ball. Sometimes he would go so slow, and I'd be so frustrated watching him play. But he is a fun player, and I, you know, he was the Jets' second-leading receiver, believe it or not, which is scary to think about considering the fact Elijah Moore's on the team, but – you know, at least the guy was productive because the tight end position was a joke for the Jets, basically. Other than Austin Severian Jenkins in 2017, we had seen nothing other than Dustin Keller prior to that. Yeah, tight end play has been inept. Like, and I, we reg- and I love AB, RAB, Anthony Beck, but when, when he's yeah, one of the best Jets tight ends since 2000, that's alarming to me. So, you know, you got Anthony Beck, you got Dustin Keller. And I think Uzama, he's such a big body. I, I guess I like him as a person. I, I, I know one of his friends and like, he, he you know, uh, he's just a funny guy. He loves Broadway. He loves, he loves good food. He's just a good dude. But like he went to the Super Bowl. He's a big, big body. He's a good blocker. Like they got to get these tight ends more. I hear what you're saying about Conklin, but he's a guy that should have five catches, 60 yards every week and a touchdown every other week. Like that should be automatic with Aaron Rodgers, at quarterback. 
Yeah. I mean, he should be like how Tandian was. He should be how, you know, Wash Jimmy Graham was when he had a little bit of resurgence there. You name it. He should be like one of those guys. Um, remember Jermichael Finley, who had that nice little renaissance in Green Bay. So Rodgers loves his tight ends in the red zone. And the Jets have not been used to red zone touchdowns from tight ends. And that should be, you know, an automatic almost every week. I feel like Nick Bowden's going to score some touchdowns because think about his stuff with fullbacks in his career, which will be a lot of fun. Never, love, you, a, you, love, a, love a fullback touchdown in, in the day, a day and age of 2023 where they're like non-existent. Except in the Kyle Shanahan system. I mean, he loves a guy like Juice Tech. And I think with the way the Jets are going to run, they're going to run and run the ball a lot with Brees. You need to have a guy like Bowden heavily involved in the offense. So it's definitely good that they brought him back on a one-year deal. You don't need to overpay for that. It's a it's a cheap position, but it is important. And I'm, I'm just super excited just to see what this offense can be. Um, kind of shifting away from the offense because I feel like that's what all everyone's talking about. I do think there's some holes in the defense, specifically on the interior, because outside of Quinton Williams, and I know they brought back Solomon Thomas, who's not going to get anybody excited other than having a high trip pedigree. They're thin there. Sheldon's gone. Uh, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nathan Shepard's gone. I'm trying to think if anybody else is gone. Who's somebody that you want them to target, whether it be, you know, in free agency or maybe even a trade? Because I feel like it's too early to think that they're going to use a 13th pick on an interior defensive lineman, unless a guy like Jalen Carter slips. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind the D-line. I think maybe someone like an Ngakwe could be good. Mm. Um, he's a name, you know, a Hicks, uh, Calais Campbell. Uh, there's still a bunch of decent names that are out there that haven't been signed yet. So they can get someone here in free agency. A Shelby Harris is a name yep. to watch for. Uh, I like him. I'd probably stay away from Indomitian Sue. He's just a headache at this point. I think JPP still got something in the tank. I would, I would not hate seeing him back here in the tri-state area. Uh, he's a very interesting, interesting name. Um, maybe someone like a Nassib or a Lawson a free agency. There's a lot of names. I can't tell you who's in the draft, but I could tell you that free agency has a lot of guys in the D line. I also think safety is an area that the jets have to improve upon. You have to get one more safety. Uh, I don't know who it's going to be, but you got to go out on free agency and get a safety because that is a position that they struggled a bit and they don't have a lot of depth there. So I would love to see a safety. Yeah, I, I feel like there's been a lot of discourse surrounding the safety position because they did trade for Chuck Clark, which I thought was a great move by Joe Douglas. They got him for basically nothing. It was a seventh round pick and he's on a reasonable contract. I think he has one year, one year left in his deal. They still have Whitehead, who I think I know had a rough year, but like when he basically had a guy, Lynn Joyner, who was on the last legs of his career as his running mate, it's hard for him to you know be successful. And I think he was a really good player in Tampa. 
I would like to see them run it back with him one more year. And then I think it's a pretty easy contract to get off of. I know they could get off of it now if they wanted to, but I think the cap hit is like basically nothing after next season, but I'm interested to see what they do. Apparently Tony Adams is a fan favorite. I mean, um, a building favorite, not fan favorite. They love him inside the building and maybe there's an opportunity for him if Whitehead struggles, but like, yeah, I, I think relying on Ashton Davis as a reserve in the in your backfield is not great. I know he's a decent special teams player, but he's not somebody I want back in coverage and really, you know, blitzing because I just don't think he's been good on the defensive side of the ball. Is there anybody that intrigues you in free agency that you'd want them to go after? I know Gardner Johnson was the one that everybody was hoping they'd make a play for, especially with what that contract was. It's like they're paying him nothing and he would have been a great fit for this defense. Yeah, Joyner struggled a bit. I'm fine with Whitehead, to be honest. He's fine with me. Same. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I McCordy, you know, he's an option, a veteran, if you wanted to go that route. I don't know if he would come to the Jets after being a Patriot. But he's an interesting name that intrigues me a little bit here. Uh, I like Kareem Jackson, mm-hmm. another veteran who could be good. Uh, Keanu Neal is an interesting name to watch in the prime of his career, 27. Um, John Johnson, another intriguing name. Uh, Jonathan Abram is out there as a no, agent. no, no. Other than his hard knock spot, not worth it. <laughs> Listen, as a depth piece, I, I don't hate it. Um, but yeah, I, I like a Kareem Jackson. I guess I'm fine if they bring back Joiner. He just he just couldn't stay on the field. I had such high hopes for him when they signed him. I love that move, and he just was not great. So. Maybe they run it back, but like you said, maybe they just go internal or maybe, you know, maybe that's their first round pick. I I can live with the 13 pick being a safety. I don't think you have to go offensive line. Maybe it's a safety. I'd probably go offensive line, to be honest with you, but uh, because that's the biggest need for this team. Let's be honest. Like you have to be able to protect Aaron Rodgers. So I, the rest of this free agency, you're going to hone in on that. You're going to get it, you know, one safety, you know, a couple pieces at, at the D line that you could do in the draft, but O-line, you still need probably two starters because I don't think, you know, McGovern's coming back and I'd be shocked if George Fan came back and I don't think you're starting Max Mitchell. So it's it's probably going to be like a Ben Jones is the guy everyone's talking about right now. I think that's has to happen at center, his relationship with Downing uh, with Tennessee. So O-line is super important. Yeah, I, I think, well, they don't have a starting center right now. I know Connor McGovern is still out there, and I don't think he's going to be brought back. I had Antoine Staley from the Daily News on last week, and he said the same thing. Um, I think you have to go into next season with signing a veteran center and also drafting someone. So maybe the guy like Michael Schmitz from Minnesota, if he falls to their pick in the second round, it seems like he's gaining a lot of steam as going into the first round. But you never know if he's there. I feel like Joe Douglas would pounce on a pick like that. Um, I agree with you on the tackle spot. I feel like it's really hard to trust both Becton and Mitchell. I thought Mitchell was really, really solid, despite the fact he was a rookie and being thrust into duty. But you don't know what's going on with his health. They said he's expected to make a full recovery, but, you know, it could take him some time to kind of get acclimated. Becton looks great. It's like, like you said, on paper, he looks great right now. The numbers are trending in his favor from a weight perspective. I mean, the talent is there. We we saw what he could do as a rookie. It just was health has been the issue. He hasn't. He, it, the craziest thing about Becton, he's never played a home game in front of the fans. His only season where he actually played, there was no home, there was no fans. And then he I didn't played. Even think week, about that. That's crazy. I know. Yeah. Played week one in Carolina, got hurt in the third quarter. He's never played in front of home fans. It's actually insane when you think about it like that. Unless you count the preseason that year. 
And it's insane because he's incredible on social media. Like on Twitter, he replies to a lot of people. He's fun. He, you know, he says you're in the gym. People send him pictures back. It hasn't <laughs> motivated me enough to uh, send him a picture of me at the gym. I still, he hasn't, I, I should use those pictures of motivation. I have a gym downstairs in my building. I have a luxury of having a gym in the building and still <laughs> do not go as often as I would like. I feel like every time I go is a hurdle. Like my knee hurts, my back hurts. I got this. I just got wisdom teeth out. Now I got to take a week off. So I need to use the uh, the Becton approach and no excuses. Just keep going. And is weight loss <laughs> impressive? You worry because it's like with baseball. Like when a pitcher's fat, they're better. Like CeCe Sabathia, when he lost weight, wasn't as good. Pete Alonzo lost weight. Is he going to be a power hitter? <laughs> Hopefully Becton losing weight doesn't mean he's not going to be as powerful because you watch his highlight tape. And that, that is that is exactly what you put on tape for offensive linemen. He just barrels guys over. So I think he's going to get his chance, and I think he's going to be great. I think he's out for revenge. You know, two years in the tank. He is. You, you want to talk about guys seeking revenge and motivation like Aaron Rodgers? I think Becton has a lot to prove, and he's got money to get, and he's going to go chase the bag this year. So I like their left side. I think they're going to get Ben Jones. I think AVT will be fine. And then right tackle, you know, Donovan Smith's an interesting name too. a guy at Tampa Bay, good numbers. Um, He's a free agent. So that's another name to watch. If you like holding penalties, then he's your guy. But um, I I wouldn't be upset if they brought him in, but I I haven't been told. I've been told by some people, he's not the kind of guy you'd want on the Jets because of the penalty issues, but he's an okay player at best. Um, So as we wait for these Rogers stuff, I'm going to give you a question about your co-host, Brian Costello, who's been on that. I feel like the Jets beat for what, like 15 years at this point, like since they, he, he has never been part of a Jet. As soon as he took over the beat full time, they didn't make the playoffs. So they, we've called it the cause curse because it was right after he was part time uh, during the AFC championship runs. But right after that, he's full time. And since then never made the playoffs. (laughs) All right, so give us your your favorite cause story from your time of knowing him, because obviously you've been hosting a podcast for a few years now. I'm sure you get some funny things. I've heard from DJ Biennemi that cause is actually like the funniest guy on the beat. Can you attest to that? He is funny where sarcastically he's funny. Like, you know, he can be negative, but like he actually is a nice guy. And I, I don't think people see that. People just read the headlines, which he doesn't write. And he has that in his bio. that doesn't write um, the headlines. Uh, but we don't like... You know, I still owe him dinner because I said like last year or two years ago that every Jet win, I would get him a dinner. I don't think he likes me enough to have me, have me to take him out for dinner, but he's also in a, deep in a jersey, and I, I hate, you know, I'm not a big fan of really ever going to Jersey much. It's just hey. a hike. With, without a car, <laughs> it is a hike, man. It is like the mass transit there is just very annoying, especially if it's at night and if you're drinking, like it just gets annoying. So uh funny story is that he – is very much about like coaching and his kids. Like he's very good with his kids and he's big on, uh, I think it's softball for his daughter where he even has like sweatshirts and it's a pretty cool logo. He has of the sweatshirt of his daughter's like softball team. And he wears a sweatshirt. It's like, I forget what town it's like the West orange firebirds, whatever the team is. But uh, yeah, so I really like to see the jets do like a day where it's coach cause and he's out on the <laughs> sidelines coaching up Aaron Rodgers or something. You give him the whistle. I think it'd be pretty entertaining. It's never going to happen. But uh, if I was GM or owner, I would make that happen. But yeah, big uh, coaching of his kids, big, you know, he's a good father, takes care of his kids. So shout out to cause for being a good uh, coach cause for his kids. <laughs> I like to hear that. Uh, one of the things DJ was telling me when he had him on the show, when he was still on the beat was cause is just like begging and itching just to cover a good team. Is that true? 
Definitely. I think the negative, he is very negative, but like he has the right because in his time there, they have done nothing. They had the one winning season. Like now there's hope and he sees hope. You know, he called them the fifth best team in the AFC, which for Kaz is, you know, you get, I got, I already put my bet in for the Super Bowl, Jets in the Super Bowl. <laughs> like he said, they're the fifth best team. You're putting them for the Super Bowl. I want to see, you know, it's been a lot of negativity because they've sucked. You know, we've done the show a few years and they've been bad. Last year, there were finally some wins. This could finally be the year where we see them go to the playoffs and, you know, there won't be the negativity. So I think he is, you know, secretly, I think he wants to see a winner. I think losing has been the story. And I think he said this last year on the show that, you know, them winning is the story now. Like that becomes a story. There's been enough of the losing and writing the same old thing over and over I think winning will also change the culture in the building. It'll change how PR operates. It'll change how everyone operates because there'll be so much positivity across the board from A to Z that you'll hopefully see it in the coverage uh, too. And I think, uh, yeah, I think he is looking for a winner final. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I used to always love his spots when he would go on Joe and have in, you know, when they were in the mid days, it was always fun because Joe would always give him a hard time. And, and Joe Kyle loves just, him. They talk all the time. He's he, him and the, him and Joe talk all the time. No, no, I know. He would give him a hard time. A lot of the, like, just when they ask him things, uh, the only bone I'd have to pick with him is when they had Gase, I think it was the first year he was like saying to give him time when it was very apparent that Gase was not, fitted for this job. And that was like the one bone I have to pick with him because he kind of defended him way too much. And I feel like, you know, it was worse than Todd Bowles, believe it or not. And that was, you're you're saying his first year as coach. Yes. Well, you're not going to fire him in the first season though. So like I could give him that like second year. Yeah. But like first year, I, I agree. He was terrible, but like the first season, it's tough to just can a guy in the middle of the season, like eight games in. Well, the only reason why I would say that is just because we had seen what the product was elsewhere. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, uh, you know, Nate Hackett, who was his first shot of being a head coach. And he even got fired in the first year. It's like, you already know what you're getting yourself into. And the guy was just inept. And it's like, I get it. Sam had mono, but like they were uncompetitive when he was out. Like when Luke Falk was playing quarterback, it was the worst Jets football I've ever seen. And that includes Zach Wilson on Thursday night against Jacksonville. That Luke Falk was worse. He could not even move the ball, period. At least Zach could run, you know? Yeah, but I first season is tough. There's been so much turnover this franchise that it's already a two year, you know, revolving. Uh, what is the thing? A revolving door, revolving. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? The revolving thing, whatever it's called. Uh, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, one of the revolving things. Um, yeah, it's already every two years. So I don't know. I don't disagree. I mean, it was inept and impossible to watch. But it's hard to ever fire a guy in first year. How like being a fired head coach as fired head coach and backup quarterback. Could be the two best positions. Charlie Weiss. You know how much the, money that guy collects? It's crazy. In the history of modern America, like better than CEO, better than any other job, because the amount of work after you get fired, you're getting paid for four years of like half a year to one year of work. Just <laughs> what a role. And like you're going to bounce back and get some kind of gig, but you could literally take a vacation for a few years with the money that they're paying now, like five million a year, four years, you get 20 million. You never have to work again. Like you're 40, 45 years old. You're probably going to get a pension from your, those years. Plus your prior years of coordinator coaching. Mm-hmm. You got a pension, 20 million. Go get a private jet while you're at it. Like what a, what a, <laughs> I almost want to become a head coach just to get fired and get paid for a few years. 
I like how this is where the conversation went, Jake. I do appreciate it because you know what? You got a you got a really good point. You should pitch this to Cos. Being like getting fired is the best thing you could do in the NFL as a head coach. It really is. And backup quarterback like Josh McCown, what a career he had. I love Josh. I won't ever talk bad about him because he is just a great guy. We've had him on. He was uh he lived in my neighborhood in uh where my family was in North Carolina, um, outside Charlotte. Good dude. Anyways, I'm going on a tangent, but I, I like <laughs> I like Josh McCown. I, I like him too. I feel like all Jeff ends do because he was just like he he had like the best season that they've really had other than Fitz in this down period. And they were fun because it was like an underdog team and they actually were playing pretty well until he got hurt. So no uh, bad things to say about him for my no more losing, please. Let, let's let's just let's win. How about this? I think 11 and five with the right offensive line pieces and a good draft and Rodgers gets done and yes. win the AFC and then see what happens in the Vegas Super Bowl. Finally, a Vegas. They're, they're, I was, you know, I'm hoping to go to Vegas for the regular season game. Me too. I'd love to be in Vegas for the Super Bowl. So, you know, at least one of them will play some blackjack and beat the Raiders. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jake, I really appreciate you joining the show. We've been long overdue to do this. I hope your wisdom teeth are doing all right because I know that's why we had to push it back a week. You feeling okay? All is good. Yeah. I miss chicken parm. I miss food. I miss straws. I finally had my first iced coffee yesterday since uh since i got it done but not as terrible recovery as i was expecting uh, a couple days later the rogers thing happened so we had to do a show but uh yeah i think i'm hoping they're moving the stitches out tomorrow and then i'll hopefully um, i'll be at city field uh, trying out the new food thursday so i'm hoping i could you know i've had to try chewing in the center of my mouth i want to be able to chew normal on uh both sides again <laughs> Listen, I had him out when I was like 24, so I get it. It definitely was pretty rough for like a week and a half, two weeks. But uh, if you don't follow Jake on Twitter, make sure to do so. Uh, Jake Brown Radio. Uh, he's a co-host of Gangs All Here with Brian Costello of the New York Post. Also the co-host of Amazing But True Mets Podcast. Uh, any episodes coming out this week, Jake? Yeah, well, Jets were, we'll be back once Rodgers or any big free agent and then pre and post draft with gangs all here. But amazing but true, first episode dropped Monday. Next week, we'll hopefully have a guest and then it'll be twice a week. Monday's me and Nelson Figueroa. And then after the next Mets series, Thursday, Friday, whenever it ends, it'll be me solo with special guests. I'll do some betting stuff. I'll have celebrity fans. Um, and then if you're going to the game or, or you're a Mets fan, come out after the home opener, catch Astoria. We'll have a live podcast with a former Met special guest. We're still working on that, and that'll be like 5.36 p.m. So the live pods are always fun. We did them for Jets. I did them with Wayne Corbett, Tony Richardson last year at American Dream next to the stadium, and I hope to do more of those this year. So definitely, if you have a chance to come to a live pod, love to see a crowd audience, and I try to get the audience involved with questions or comments or if they want to go on a rant. So live pods are always a good time. Really good stuff. You're a Jets and Mets fan. Tune into all of Jake's content. It's really good stuff. Uh, like I always say every week on the show, make sure to subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash turn the Jets TV. Um, subscribe to our feed on Apple or Spotify. Just turn the Jets live. Uh, we look forward to talking to you guys soon.